Welcome to the Why Music Podcast, where we talk to independent artists about their journeys, the inspirations behind their music, and ultimately why they make music. This next artist is a DC-born but New York-based musician and songwriter, releasing albums almost yearly and consistently blending new sounds and genres. Putting him in a box is quite a challenge. Welcome, Cold Brew. Thank you. Thank you. I always like to start. The first question I always like to ask is where did your journey with music all start? Uh, it started because I would cry on stage when I was like a kid. Um, that's, that's a funny question. It's uh, yeah. So I hated singing as a kid. One of my earliest memories is I was in like daycare and we would dance like the hokey pokey dance and I would just be bawling. I would be sobbing because I didn't want to sing the song. I don't know why. <laughs> I had like a physical, visceral reaction to singing. And that carried on all throughout like elementary school. And like we would do like little concerts in the spring. I would just cry and throw a tantrum so hard they would like wouldn't make me do anything. Wouldn't make me sing songs. Then middle school came and I was like, okay, what can I do to make sure I don't have to sing? Right? because you have to take a music class. You have to take a music class in middle school at my school. And my options were instrumental and vocal. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take instrumental. I'm gonna just do percussion and it's gonna be the easiest shit I've ever done. And it's fine. I'll just go pop, pop, pop and we'll call it a day. Uh, and that was the that was the beginning of the end for me because it sucked me in and I started playing drums. And there were like, I went to such a small school, so musicians were kind of few and far between. So I was, I like, by senior year, I was like playing a lot of the musicals, like in the pit orchestra. And then I started a band in high school, was doing that for a while, like pop punk band, you know, you know the vibe, I can imagine. <laughs> Everybody starts, and we, we did, and then we started doing some recording, and I was like, okay, so this is what an eq is i'm not going to learn how to use it for at least another three years but at least i know what it is and that kind of evolved and then i recorded our first album really poorly but i recorded it nonetheless um and yeah then i was gonna it was time to apply for school um i was gonna go for like english or something and my mom was like what are you doing just like go for music i know you want to i'm not gonna be mad at you if you do and I was like, okay, fine. So I did. And then I went to school for music, for songwriting, halfway through, switched to music tech. Uh, and then, yeah, here I am. Played a lot, recorded a lot. Uh, and that's basically been my journey. So at what point did it kind of transform from doing the band thing to then studying it in college? And where was it that you were like, I can just do my own thing. I can just write my own stuff and really just like put it out how I please myself. Yeah. Um, well, in my, in my band in high school, uh, the guy that I did that collaborative album with, he was in, in that band, he was a guitarist and we were both writing the songs together and there were just naturally songs I would write that really just didn't fit the band. So I would just be like, okay, hold on to those, hold on to those, whatever. By the time I was 18, I would like, I had kind of outgrown that music I'd written when I was like, we started the band when we were like 13 years old trying to write songs. Right. And we went until we graduated high school 
And right when I was graduating high school, I like wrote one song, which is the closer on my first album. It's always crowded in Ipanema. And it was like very kind of bossa driven, but ambient rock at the same time. And I was like, yeah, there's no way this pop punk band is going to do this song. And we were all going to different schools. So there was already like a knowledge of like, we're going to have fun this last summer and put out this album. And then we're going to like dap each other up and call it a day and pack up the band. So, and at that point, there was no way I was going to stop making music. And going to a new city, I was like, okay, so my options are I can just do this myself because in my 17, 18 year old hubris, I can do it myself or find a new group of people to work with. And I was like, I'll just do it myself. Uh, and it started out in a selfish way, but then it became like, then it became like, a, I will happily play with other people and help people out writing and like drum for them, play guitar. But this is like my kind of like diary, you know? No, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's what it kind of stems from for, I feel like a lot of artists, because it's like, you're the one writing it, like, especially if you're like, not like the band thing is a different thing, because it's like, there's more than just you going on. But like the artist thing, for the most part, it's like, it's a solo thing, like you're writing your own stuff in the sense of like, it's your own experience and whatnot. So it really is sort of that diary type of vibe. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of been the hardest part like recently of like you know at the beginning i was like yeah i'm alone in this i get to do whatever i want and now i'm like oh my god i'm alone in this i get to do whatever i want you know what i mean so it's like the 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 concept is the same but the perspective has definitely shifted as i've done this more and more so yeah like there was a period after i finished the last album where i was like i can't go back into my room by myself and Mm -hmm. do this all over again so it's been work trying to get myself back to being able to do that. Um, and, you know, I've got friends who I went to school with, one in particular who's been, who like has known me so long, he like really gets what I'm doing now. So I, I he's almost served as like a, you know, I hate this term for music, but like executive producer function <laughs> now, where, which basically means I show him something and if it sucks, he tells me, you know? Uh, and, and he's like, well, why did you not, uh, duck the mids out of this base more? And I'm like, you're so right, bro. (laughs) So it's been good just to have somebody else to bounce off of, um, because that was missing for a long time. And, uh, whether or not that affected the, the actual recorded product I was making, uh, it doesn't matter. Cause by the end I was like, I can't do this shit anymore. You know? Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. It's scary kind of being by yourself and making music because the only person you have it's scary on one side because it's like okay the only person i have to impress is me but like what if i'm so close to it i don't see the flaws in it Mm. uh and then also it's like oh my god i have to sing about being sad again by myself in this room and it's like 2 a.m like jesus christ you know it's interesting that you say like what if you don't see the flaws in it? Because I feel like most people take on the perspective of the opposite, where it's like they are more critical of their own work than anyone else's music knowledge or not. Like in the sense of like, you are your own worst enemy when it comes to pouring your heart onto a page and doing that. Because it's like everybody, a lot of people take that perfectionist mindset and are just like, hold on to something for so long because it's not quite ready yet. When really 
all you're going to do is make a few minor tweaks. So just put it out already. Yeah, yeah. And as you notice, clearly I have not been the uh, the quality over quantity person <laughs> throughout <laughs> my so much shit out. And that's I, I I try to explain this to some of my friends who also make music, where, where it's like, you know, music you get like a very physical neurological reaction to listening to it, right? Mm-hmm. Just sci- on a scientific level, and I see it as any music that I make, I want to make it. I since I'm making it, it is going to be scientifically hardwired for me to like it the most, you know. So like, I will do something that in that moment I'm like yeah 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 let's go and then with distance and with another perspective i think a lot of people when they make music can get caught up in the uh fact of like doing it for other people and like what is is gonna make other people enjoy it i'm like a little too in the opposite direction and sometimes i need a little bit of reining in not because you know it's we all like to talk about like on tethered absolute creativity and just going all in but sometimes you need the limitations to do the best that you can you know yeah i mean it's nice to have the freedom but at the same time guidelines don't hurt absolutely and if you want to break them break them who's gonna fucking stop you you can just do it but like the the tried and true like mantra which is so played out and so boring to say but it really is the truth is like you have to learn the rules before you break them, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, and that's what I really, really learned in like songwriting classes. And I've heard some amazing songwriters who don't give a fuck, who just like wrote it all down and just went for it. But I'm not that. I can't do that. And I like, what I have tried to do is learn my limitations and learn my biases. And the best way to do that recently has been seeking outside opinion, mostly. Because if I just kept it all in-house, who knows what I would do. <laughs> yeah, it's there's two sides to every coin on every level, and that's the tricky part, is there is no rule or guideline in the sense of like what you should do, what you shouldn't do, which is nice. But then when it comes time to like you want some clue and you don't know what you don't know, it's not the most helpful thing in the world. Yeah, because it's awesome when things are going great. You know, just to- boundless uh, creativity is awesome when you're on a roll. But what happens when you get stuck? Mm-hmm. And that is why, like, I, I'm i so thankful for my, like, private songwriting classes that I took in school. Like, worked with, with two amazing songwriters. And if i really see songwriting classes as like okay cool but what happens when it's not when you're not getting it immediately when it's not just flowing out of your fingers like oh so many songwriters have decreed their best songs have done in five minutes you know Mm -hmm. what are you going to do when you're in that position how do you finish it out so you can write the best song possible in that moment this is what you can do these are the tools you can use um and that's great and i've been able to use that as much as i can and you know me kind of taking a different approach to new music and how I make it and how I like kind of kind of like check it with other people is just me trying out different tools, you know, and seeing what works now because things are going to change. Yeah. It, that's inevitable. Change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. What most often inspires your writing? Oh. <laughs> 
I've never thought about that, actually, believe it or not. <laughs> so much music. I've never thought about what inspires it the most. Um, for a while, it was, at least as, as part of Cold Brew, it was, um, it was leaving home a lot and the emotions that that stirred up. That, and after I kind of felt like I had exhausted that pipe, it was like, I want to be a writer. I want to create stories and convey emotions that might not even like apply to me. And then by the next album, I was like, fuck that. I have feelings. Here they are. <laughs> um, I think like at, at the end of the day, I can make a bunch of music that uh, will explain how I'm feeling. But my real inspiration is like when I hear a piece of music that like, I'm much more of a music than like a lyric guy. Although I do love a good lyric because I've been trained to M music to me, like the, again, the neurological response you get from listening to music that just appeals to your brain, like the ratios between the notes, whatever the fuck it may be. That's what I care about. And when I hear a piece of music that does that to me, that's usually what inspires me to try to be like, okay, but like, cool. What if I did that, but this way? So, yeah. I, excuse me it's ultimately like one of those things <laughs> my goodness um it was just too good of an answer yes <laughs> it's got me all choked up um but the thing is is it's like you can't oh my hold on a second <laughs> i don't know what happened oh like crap <laughs> i think i'm good now um okay. It's one of those things where it's like you can't create without also consuming. You know, mm -hmm. if you're just like creating without, like you can't create music without listening to music. It, yeah. And you know what? That actually reminds me of, I okay, I don't know how familiar you are with video games, but um, there is a game series called Shenmue. And okay. it's a series that started in the 90s on, like, Sega Genesis or something. And the director of the game, like, the guy who makes these games famously does not play video games. And the first two games, because of that, were so out of left field for the time and really interesting and really kind of captured people's attention. Then he didn't make a game for 19 years in that series. And in those 19 years, did not play a single video game. And shit has changed a lot in those 19 years then he comes back and puts out Shenmue 3 and it shows that he's not played a video game you know what I mean and I think if you were to just hold yourself up and you were like yeah I'm in love with these four artists I'm gonna just listen to those forever and then stop listening to music for 20 years and then come back you're not gonna make something that's like that's gonna appeal to people uh which is fine, but I don't even think you're going to make that good of a song. You know, you don't know the tools to use that are available to you now. It's going to sound like your music hasn't evolved at all. It's going to sound like you're doing the same thing you were doing set amount yeah. of years ago. Yeah. Or even just so disconnected from reality, like back to Shenmue, those mechanics are so weird in that last game because he doesn't know how controllers work now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, and if you just, like, close yourself off to new music that's being made, 
locally in your scene and also like stuff that's on the fucking radio it's it's most of it is made masterfully and there's so much to be gained from like listening to that and studying that and seeing what they do and like i think from a producer perspective more people need to listen to country music and that's my hot take of the podcast wow i don't really like country music that much but I think anybody who's like, I like everything except country. I'm like, shut up. Because <laughs> do you like, do you eat McDonald's? Yes, then you should listen to country. That's my opinion. It is the perfect product. Everything from the beginning to the end is masterfully put together. The songwriting is tight. It might be like pretty lame or whatever. Uh, but it's it's like perfectly written. There are no mistakes in the songwriting, if that makes any sense. It is perfectly mixed and engineered in the most expensive studios in Nashville. And it is performed by pretty good singers. And all the like the marketing and the production of it is all top notch. You know, I don't know how I got on this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but that's my hot take of the podcast is that more people should pay attention to country music to learn things interesting yeah i i told you you made a mistake letting me on (laughs) i think that's i think this is like the most um speechless i've been in 30 some episodes (laughs) i know because you you've probably heard my music so yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. this uh doesn't doesn't quite align No, and people don't have to like the music and people don't have to like, like, don't have to make country after Mm -hmm. listening to country. But there are fundamental, the point I think I'm trying to make is there are fundamentals in every genre of music that equate to like good pop songwriting. And no matter the genre, you should be able to find something that you can learn from it. You know, whether it's like hard style EDM, whether it's thrash metal, whether it's the weirdest shit you've ever heard or whether it's country you know interesting i mean i'm a i'm a summertime country fan like i'm a casual country listener in the sense that i'll throw on like hot country or something when it's like 75 degrees and i can drive with the windows down um but that's i'll have to i'll have to keep that one right up here and just think about it i don't (laughs) I don't listen to country. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I think more people should. I wish I took my own advice sometimes. Oh my god! How can I don't get okay? That's that's where you lose me and lose some credibility on there. Is you're not you're not a uh, riding your own wave on that one. <laughs> no, I'm not strong enough to. I, just, I don't know if I can put myself through a red solo cup. I fill you up. Proceed to party. But I think other people should. I'm just not strong enough to. <laughs> okay. Um, if you had to create a new genre around your style of music, what would you call it? Like, like, like a category of one. What would you make? Like, what would you if you had to create like a new genre that was like based on like as if as if you were building this new genre for people to follow? Okay. What would you call it? Oh, God, I call it. That's the hardest part because yeah. you can say what the genre is, but naming it is a whole other yeah. thing. <laughs> it's the um, fun part of the question. Yeah, I would call it. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, 
insomnia core. That's what I'd call it. Interesting. That's Why? probably already a thing. Um, I mean, I think a lot of the music I, I make, I kind of want it to be like, uh, you could listen to it while you're driving at night. And then I was thinking of branding that's dark, and I thought of insomnia cookies. Mm. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> that works. Yeah. Um, where does cold brew, the name, come from? Like, yeah. why is that? It's it's so much less interesting than you might think it is. <laughs> I I like literally before hopping on here, I was just drinking a cold brew. That's all it is. Just I just got big cold brew guy. Yeah. Well. Actually, not recently. I'll get if you want to get into the whole cold <laughs> debate, I will. But uh, when I got to New York, I uh, I started had just started drinking coffee. I was like 18. I was like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be so cool. And I'm going to be a New York guy walking on the street with my iced coffee. And I just did do that. And cold brew was like just kind of starting to take off. I like people don't remember a time before cold brew. Right. I, I think I recall when it was like first a trendy thing yeah, to be drinking. Yeah. And I just, was just like, okay, I'm just going to drink a bunch of those. And then I had some truly, truly terrible working names for this project. I don't even know if I remember all of them, but they were like so, so bad. And I was like, cold brew. I was like, that works. It works. Let's use <laughs> sure. <laughs> it. It's short. It's to the point. And yeah, that that's kind of how it stuck around. But recently I've been getting... I've been getting iced Americanos recently because I feel like every cold brew is starting to taste the same, like kind of acidic and watery. So I will, and I've been doing a a, a test. If I like the coffee shop, I will go and I'll ask for an iced coffee, not a cold brew because the flavors are more coffee, like centric. I love an iced coffee. Yeah. And everywhere gives me a cold brew. I swear to God. Really? I've been to maybe a handful of places where they have distinguishing items on the menu between the two. So yeah, that that's, that's my cold brew journey. Interesting. Huh? Um, <clears throat> is there a song that you've written that you think best embodies who you are as an artist? Um, as an artist, I would say, Honestly, probably the the best embodiment of who I am as an artist is my song Made It from Hangover. Not because I think it's necessarily my best or what I think represents me as a person necessarily, but you musically, it's kind of very emo centric. It's upbeat, but you've still got some of those techie elements in there. 
And I kind of swing between those two worlds of electronic and rock music. And I think that one's like right in the middle. So I'd probably say made it. Okay. Um, do you think that's an accurate kind of representation of what's kind of to come? Like, are we on that same trajectory? Yeah, leaning heavier into the rock trajectory, but on the made it wave, less on like the um, less on the more like emo trap wave, uh, which if you listen to the last album, that's really heavy on what it is, you know, uh, but definitely taking that ambience and moving into like guitars that sound like they could have come from Bring Me the Horizon, but also like playing happy stuff sometimes, you know. That, it's hard to explain, but I think it's going to be good. Trust me. Trust me, guys. I think it's be good. But then again, I'm too close to the product. Who knows? I'll have to ask my buddy. Um, if you had to pick two or three artists that you think your music is like a combination of, who would you choose? I would give you totally different answers, like at totally different times. I would, I would say what's going to come is gonna be like i i'm a huge jimmy Eat world fan but like like not the middle you know like <laughs> i like the middle <laughs> it's a good song nothing against it's a the good middle. song but as you go deeper they get more melancholy and just like darker mm. more ambient so like their album before that album clarity is like one of my favorite albums of all time very melancholy melodies. The album afterwards has more ambience to it, darker guitars. I would say it's probably a mix of Jimmy World. Uh, um, I don't know. Like, I'd I'd have to say just for the drums sometimes in the ambience, I'd say like a little peep. You know, <laughs> there he is, <laughs> and um, and a little bit of like tasteful witch house, like dark electronic. I so like Salem. I would probably give those three stronger on the Jimmy world. That's the okay. strong. You're adding a dash of the other ones in there. Okay. It's, it's an interesting conglomerate. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's no consistency whatsoever. <laughs> it works sometimes. Uh, what is an outside passion of yours that you feel impacts who you are as an artist? Oh, I have so many weird like interests that I'm like way too into. Um, I really like history a lot. Um, and I, I, I get the fear of like, usually when a white guy says he's really into history, it doesn't end well, <laughs> but I swear, <laughs> I swear I'm just like super into history and learning um, just how things have worked in the past. Um I'm also really into video games just because that's a great way to turn my brain off or keep it on depending on the game. Uh, but that affects my work the most. I would say it is, uh, uh, it's probably history because I can, uh, there have been times in my songs where I've been able to like use words to, to describe events in the past and just like find new ways of saying things. And if you just like read about history you will find things that people have said that's like wow i would have never thought of describing an event like this and just not even like amplifying vocabulary because i think it's super important to write a song like the way you talk mm -hmm. or like the way you say it but just finding out new metaphors finding out new like single words here and there so that's probably the one that impacts the most but in terms of my hobbies i pretty much am like uh like 
this is what I do when I don't want to work on music, you know, but it all seeps in somehow. Yeah, I mean, it, it. it's one of those things where everything you consume kind of contributes to what you create, no matter what kind of form that necessarily is. Yeah. Um, You know, everything is going to have its influence. Everything's going to have its place. It's interesting kind of how that manifests because it's like, you know, there's so many people making music today and we're not all the same composite of like the same environment. So it's interesting to see kind of like, cause you can kind of, whether it's directly music related or not, sometimes kind of take that perspective and be like this may like tying history, for example, to your stuff makes sense. You know what I mean? Like one of those kinds of weird connection sort of things. Yeah. I don't think there's anything like, like explicitly in the songs, but for some reason, that's just what I thought of. And like, that's the thing I can tie the most to or film, you know, and everybody watches different movies. Everybody reads different history too. everybody just does different things to take their mind off of their work or their music. And it all seeps in differently. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Just every, everybody I know here who went to the same fucking school lives in the same fucking neighborhood and makes the same sounding type of fucking music. It's all kind of different mm-hmm. just because of what they consume. Like you could put two different people in a room. They make the exact same song. There's going to be like one word that's off. And it's because one person watched one movie and this person like read a book about, I don't know, whatever, you know? Yeah. It's more of one of those things that's like an after effect in the sense of like, oh, like I've heard this music and then I learn more about this person. And it's like, these are things that like they do or are interested in or like, you know, things about them. And then it's like that just kind of adds to the character and it makes sense. It's not one of those things where it's like listening to one of your songs and be like, this guy's a history buff. Like, no, that's just not going to happen. That'd be cool. I bet he has thoughts on Latin America (laughs) in the 1960s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like that is just, that's not how it works. It's more of the like retroactive, like reactive kind of uh, idea. And that's the most fun to do with like artists. You're like a fan of when you, you like read an interview with them or whatever. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'm really into twin peaks. I'm like, yeah, no fucking duh. Now I get it. You know, <laughs> that's the most obvious one. If people are into Twin Peaks, I'm like, yeah, I get it. You're weird. I can tell, you know, <laughs> of that show. I couldn't finish it. I think it was a, I need to like get myself ready to like sit down one month and just watch all of it. I've never um, seen it. I would recommend it. Doesn't mean I like it, but I would recommend it. You it's like country watch. music. No, but this one's like actually like well, re- like it's well regarded uh entirely i haven't had the the stomach to sit through the whole thing yet just because it is so 90s and so like eccentric but if if someone likes wes anderson and they like watch a halloween movie once a month they should watch twin peaks that's my opinion do you have anything else to put in that bucket of i recommend this but i don't partake in it personally with country music and twin peaks is there anything Uh, else in that bucket Oh, what? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think like, um, oh my God, I'm trying to think. I think, I mean, I think weed can do a lot of good for a lot of people, but I, I don't partake, you know? So I think people should enjoy that. Um, 
just just because I'm I am just uh, my body rejects it like a virus. <laughs> so, but that's that's a whole different story. Uh, I think what else? I think um, if you get the chance to try um, sea urchin, you should. I don't know if I could do it. That's like that's my. It just like looks so crazy. So I think anybody who gets the chance should try it. I don't know if I would take my own advice though. Fair enough. Um, the rest yeah. I try to follow. Okay. Um, what is the ideal listening scenario for someone to consume your music in? I know you kind of alluded to this already, but. But yeah, like a, a nice night drive is always a good vibe. But or honestly, like come into a show because my I my I think my music by itself is so by nature of being a solo artist, it's so me, me, me and about my issues but like coming to a show it becomes so much more of a communal experience and like i don't think anyone even gives a fuck about the lyrics when i'm playing it live it's just like my friends there singing along to the words and we're having a good time drinking like whatever it's it's just always more fun i think so my shows are probably the best way to consume my music because um if you want to pay attention you can but if you don't we can just have a good time yeah, I mean, I think I've been to shows where I'm like, these people are better recorded. Mm-hmm. I've also been to shows where I'm like, these people were better live. Like I saw the opening act for this one artist that I went to go see in Grand Rapids, and it wasn't a very big show to begin with. So it was opening act. Um, and I was like, listening to the band and I was like, these guys are dope. And so yeah. my boyfriend and I put them on on our drive back to school and we were like, are these the same guys? I was like, what, they, what genre was this? I'm it was a very like band indie pop kind of vibe. Okay. Um, it wasn't. It was like a indie pop rock kind of vibe. It wasn't anything like out there. Um, but it was just like I was like, there's just so much more energy, and they're just better live. I don't know what it is, but they were just better live. Yeah, I feel um, that whole time with like emo bands, like big time, like fourth wave, like newer stuff. I see them live and I'm like, this is so sick. And I listen to their album. I'm like, this is so boring now. What do I do? <laughs> so, yeah, I totally get it. And I wouldn't even say I'm like better live. I don't know if the music is better live. I just think it's like in terms of an experience that I would want to have, I think it's probably it would probably be my favorite because I'm always just thinking about my shows and like my friends and just having a fun time, you know, whether or not the performance is better or whether or not the music (laughs) sounds better. I could give a fuck if you're having a good time. That's all that matters. You know, that's true. Uh, What is it that you think sets you apart from other independent artists? Um, that's a good question. Because to be honest, I don't know if there's anything significant about it. Maybe the combination of of influences and the fact that every release I do sounds different. But, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like every one of us is just doing what makes the most sense to us. And at our core, we're all the same. We're all just people wanting to make art. Um and we just throw a bunch of stuff into a cauldron, put it on simmer and see if it works. So I guess the core difference would be the stuff I put in my cauldron. That would probably be it. 
that you know different influence and uh you know just like we we're talking about with the other outside impact things yeah shenmu <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it is a i like asking the question because i'm always interested to see what people say but it is one of those things where it's just like it's it it, it can simply be put just as a different perspective because no one's living your experience but you yeah, you know. I guess I, I guess the best thing I can say is that I am the only artist. I'm the only project comprised of Ian Traphagen of me. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, that's the most I can say because I I could say a whole like I could say a whole bunch of stuff like, well, I take care into doing this, but everybody does. I've met I've met very few musicians that don't care. You know, and we we all just try to do our best. That's all we really can do. Yeah, <laughs> the best is all that there is really to do. Yeah, and um, it's it's a shame that sometimes the best is not enough for the for musicians to uh not even succeed, just like pay their bills with what they're doing. You know, uh, it's not music is not a meritocracy, just like any other job is not a meritocracy. Uh, at least in in the uh, system we live in now. So, not to get all we live in a society on you, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's that's the blessing and the curse with the whole independent thing is, you know, it's like, oh, you have all this creative control. You can do whatever you want. There is nobody telling you when you have to put anything out, what you have to put out, how much you have to write, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, that person that is then filling that role is you. You are making your own deadlines. You are creating your own schedule. You are having to do these 10 other roles that like, you know, at a label scenario, people would be like on your team doing for you. Um, I like having yeah. the control over oh. all of it, but then it comes to the point where it's just like, I have to also be doing these other things that I have yet to do. Um, and Absolutely. only recently realized that I have to do, you know, um, like it baffles me the amount of people that aren't registered, like all the places they should be registered for royalties and stuff. Um, and you know, and social media is a thing now, which I enjoy, but most people don't, um, you know, it's, I don't mind it as a user, you know, if I'm going on social media, I know, like, I, you know, I, I wasn't like an iPad kid. We were like the generation that like maybe got it when we were like 12 or 13. Yeah. I was able to like, kind of, you know, as, as a user of social media who consumes big fan, I think, I think it's great. I think it can get pretty terrible but just like be smart uh as somebody who has to put stuff out on social media i can't stand it, it i knew sucks. that was coming <laughs> yeah i know it's usually the opposite everyone's like instagram is rotting your brain whatever and i'm like yeah okay fine so is everything else you're watching i don't care that's but i true. don't want to have to watch my metrics every day that's rotting my brain i have a job dude i can't do this shit you know yeah so yeah, that's my view on social media, but it's a good tool if you know how to use it. I just don't know how to fucking use it. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky thing sometimes, and it's <clears throat> anymore. It's you're putting a lot kind of into the void and just seeing what sticks, which is yeah the tricky part because yeah. you just kind of that's just ultimately what you have to do is you just have to throw things out there and over time things will happen but you're not seeing that instant gratification so it's kind of deterring in its initial stages yeah and i'm such an instant gratification brain it's really bad 
like so so bad <laughs> i definitely gotta go to therapy but anyways yes i agree <laughs> um and it's hard especially doing that as like at this point like full transparency like i don't pay anything with music you know i make like negligible money at this point i have to have a job mm-hmm. right and then I'm expected to do this full-time job, more or less, mm-hmm. for, for no money until God knows when, you know? And, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I it feels like because of all the big, big money in music, it's just super, super hard for anyone to get a foothold in. And, like, honestly, I'm not asking to be big. I don't care. It would just be great if I could pay my bills on this. You know, that would mm-hmm. be awesome. Uh, like one day, like if I could one day live in a house that music paid for in wherever, choose the shittiest city in the world. I don't care if I could get to that point. That's like, that's awesome. That's a success for me. Uh, and it's just so hard for independent musicians to do that, no matter how talented they are, you know? And I know so many that are so much more talented than me and are, are equally struggling through all this because it's it's pretty scary yeah that's ultimately why i started doing this and started doing the work that i do with artists and social media is it's just like when i started doing like the artist thing on tiktok i was like i mean i was seeing nothing but independent artists on my feed and i'm like looking at all these people and i'm like okay first of all their shit is so much better than mine so that's fun um but also like what why is no one seeing this? Why is no one hearing this? Like what, what is this music not doing on something? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's so much good shit out there, but it's just like, people don't know how to put it out there in the, in the right ways or don't have the time to do it all for themselves, which is the downside. Things are changing. Things are definitely changing in the direction of independence are kind of on the rise but at the same time it's still very daunting well like you said everything there's two sides to every coin like you said earlier and uh i like since the beginning of this uh this century the democratization of music is an amazing thing you get kids who never would have gotten the deal Mm -hmm. like making millions of dollars they're getting so rich and they are like kids who didn't grow up with a lot of money didn't take music classes they're just making awesome shit and it like worked out for them but at the same time since everybody got got those tools now which i think is Mm -hmm. a fundamentally good thing it means there's way more of us like way more of us saturated i think there are way more of us than there is space and that's just a fact of it and even though that's the case i still think it's a good thing that Mm -hmm. there are more of us um the more music the better if it if I don't get to live my life off of music, I'll be fine. I'll live, you know, I'll keep doing it when I can. And that's like, it's just a fact of life, you know? Yeah. It's, I think it's definitely like, I like it, it, it has made it a lot easier for people to just create, which is great. But that means then also, like you said, everybody's creating. So I think honestly, I think over time, it might I think it'll like new people will still continue but I'll also I think at some point those people will fall off because some people just don't I don't think like I don't think everybody has their heart in it as much as required if you really want to like make this 
yeah. happen in the sense of like, like it can be something that you just do for shits and giggles, but like at the same time, it's like it's a whole beast if you want it to go well. Yeah, and that's the thing that I ask myself literally every day is like, do I really want to sit here and do this shit right now? Like, no matter how much I love making my making music, no matter how much I love the creative process, because that's really all I care about. Mm-hmm. Like, do I really want to sit here and do this shit? And ho- so far, it's been yes, every time I ask it. But, you know, it's hard. It's hard to keep motivating yourself like that. It's I like I I talk with my mom about this all the time because she is like she's the number one cold brew fan. One hundred percent. She knows. <laughs> arguably too much about my music um <laughs> and her favorite for her favorite project i did is the five song like witch house ambient ep i did that like is so out of left field so my mom's the my mom's the goat uh but she'll talk to me she's like you didn't market this song enough like you did like you could have done this this and i'm like yeah i know i just couldn't bring myself to do it and that it's hard because that's the only way that this is gonna work yeah so what I have to get over for this next thing. Let's hope I market the next album well. <laughs> I can't guarantee I will. Yeah, it's that's the hardest part. I didn't start marketing any of my music until this year. Um, and okay, so I'm not too behind. <laughs> no, <laughs> but <laughs> I but. have also not reaped any results as a result of not doing anything. So, um. I just, the shit I'm doing now is just too good to ignore, too good to just like let it sit, you know? So that's, that's my kind of perspective on it is like, think about it, think about it in the way of if you put that much time and in some cases money into that piece of work, you owe it to yourself to put that same amount of time and effort into the back end to get it the results that it deserves and the results that you desire. Absolutely. In in yeah. promoting it and, and stuff, you know, that's it's easier said than done. But maybe that's, that's that's the maybe mindset. That's the last piece of advice that I wouldn't that I don't follow yet. Like maybe that's the <laughs> last one is really know how to market your shit. And I still need to learn. Not that I won't, but I need to. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Ultimately, what impact do you want to have with your music and with your artistry? Um. I guess there's two levels to this, which is the uh, the kind of noble one of like, I want to play music for people and make them like have a good time. You know, I want to have a good time myself. I want other people to have a good time listening to or my music or like being at a show. That's the noble side of it. I think I think the the sort of selfish and egotistical side of it is like, I don't need to be a a big artist or a huge artist. I kind of want to be like somebody's favorite artist's favorite artist. That's like my my like totally vain goal. If I can get to there, I am so good. I can stop. You know, and also, yeah, if I if I'm able to like I don't know, I I want to have some sort of impact coming from DC as well because it's a city that like has a beautiful scene right now when it comes to like indie and emo music and it's great, but it's really hard for them over there. Uh, it, there's not a lot of opportunities, venues that are small enough to host shows keep shutting down. 
because if you think New York has uh, not a lot of space for small venues, DC is so much smaller and it, and like half of it is taken up by the fucking federal government. So, you know, it's, it's really tough. People are playing out of VFW halls, which is great for community, not great for making a living. Um, and yeah, I want to be able to, it would be great if I could show that like a DC artist can do something. All right. You know, and, and if like, if we get a local artist playing the nine thirty club, I don't care if it's me, if it's somebody else, I just want to be on that bill. Cause that would be a beautiful thing. You know, you're the second person that I've had on here from DC and both of you are just, it's just, I don't know what it is about DC, but both of y'all are like prideful about that shit. Yeah, of course. Who was it? I want to know. <laughs> uh, his artist name is Plant Dad. Plant. I'm gonna write that down. I gotta reach out to him. I just had him. I, I had him on a few weeks ago. Okay. He's Plant a big Dad. DC, Baltimore also area. Um, I know those are like. Okay. I think those are close to each other. I don't. I've I've been to DC once, so. Semi. Semi. Culturally pretty different, but the scenes kind of do overlap a little bit. Okay. He's um like Baltimore or DC yeah. it's somewhere in there. Somewhere in Maryland-ish, you know. <laughs> um yeah, but I th- I, I think D- we definitely talked about DC. Um so but yeah, just very like like yeah. it was the first one that I've really had on here that was like very like I wanna like stay here and do this thing in like the city and I'm just like interesting like usually your people like people are like like i'm talking to people from la and nashville and like that's they came from wherever but it's like dc that's the it's the pride yeah Yeah, no and listen i'm still in new york i'm living in new york for however long new york will have me you know (laughs) but um but i have like but i'm not one of those i try not to be one of those transplants that shits on where they came from one, because I think where you came from is such an important part of you. Like there's there's all those memories you carry with you, all those experiences that make you who you are. Um, and it might not even have to do with the place itself, but like, you know, th- that's an important time in your life, you know? And also like, I don't know, it's cute. I like DC. <laughs> it's like, it's so tiny and like nice. And it's, you know, it it's funny too. Crazy shit happens down there. I love it. So and also some of the best bands have come out of there. Like fucking Henry Rollins, frontman for Black Flag. Dave Grohl came out of Arlington, Virginia, right outside of DC. Like we have a we have a long storied but not oft talked about place in music that I think deserves more attention. Interesting. I'll have to I'll have to keep my eye on DC. Yes. Yeah, no, I'll I'll give you some good artists to reach out to also from DC because they're, sure. they're also all so nice. Like I've never had a bad experience with an artist in DC. I've one hundred percent had a bad experience with an artist in New York. You know, <laughs> well that's New York. <laughs> yeah, I know they're, they're breeding them to be brutal out there, bro. Nobody's from here. That's the thing. That's fair. Everybody's like me. Um, I think that brings us to the last question, which is ultimately the concept behind the podcast, which is why music? I have actually been asked that a lot throughout my life, and I've given various answers throughout mm-hmm. my life. Um, when I've had moments where like it's been kind of 
uh, hard going through school for music and just like, I've been going through a tough time. And the answer I would give is because it's all I'm fucking good at, which is not true. But there is an element of that that is not so terrible. That is true, which is like, you know, everybody loves doing what they're good at. And uh, and I hope they're good at what they love doing. You know, that's the goal. Um, I I think I'm good at what I love doing. Uh, and I love doing what I'm good at. So um, it I just have the most fun doing music, you know, and I love doing other things. I will go see a movie. I will, I don't know, play video games for hours on end, whatever any hobby is. But like when I am able to see the creative process of a song through to the end, like I'm starting it. And while I'm doing it, it's so hard, like especially recently as it's been hard adjusting to adulthood and like out of college and things get tough out there. It's really hard while I'm doing something. But once I like finish it off and I'm able to like listen to something on my phone while I'm like walking to the subway to work, that's when I get like the high from it all. When I'm able to fully see the picture of what I've been making this whole time, that's when I get like the the most joy out of creating. And that's, probably why music because uh i can't make movies <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it like you said before music has just a different kind of neurological whatever however you want to articulate it like it's just it has this effect on people that is inexplainable mm-hmm. and so being able to be in a position where you can contribute to that and create it's just too crazy not to do. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. too crazy of a ability to have to not take advantage of it. No, absolutely. And I think that is kind of what my mom and what my dad were telling me, uh, telling me in high school. Like, they were like, you're like, you're we've seen you drum. You're good at this. Like, why don't you just do it? Come on. And I'm glad they did that. I really like. I, I'm I'm so thankful to my parents for like so much of my life. They've given me so many opportunities and just always been there. And the music school thing is like one of the biggest things they've ever done for me. Uh, just telling me that it's okay if I want to do that because I was gonna fucking go for English, not history. <laughs> which is cool. No, no, I, the history thing only came after music school mm. when I was like, yeah, I wish I like could write like a paper. <laughs> which is a crazy thing to say but i was like missing a little bit of the like hyper academic for like one time i was floating the idea i was like what if i got a master's in history (laughs) who knows maybe maybe i might i might get a master's that could be fun if i got a master's i wouldn't do it for music that's all i'm saying i've done the i've done the degree i don't need another one but (laughs) yeah i i am so thankful that they told me it's okay to go to music school and they told me it's okay to want to do this because so many kids do not get that opportunity and I know how lucky I am. So thanks guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it, it is. My mom's going to call me sobbing. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a crazy thing to be a part of. It's a crazy opportunity to have in front of you and it's, 
even crazier once you start doing it and you're like wait like this is like real like my Mm -hmm. like stuff i actually like put time and energy into is like on spotify a real thing yeah Yeah, like it's like things it's something and then like other people can listen to it like people can Mm -hmm. find it and it just exists it's crazy but it's awesome just as much no absolutely I'm, i'm happy i get to be a part of it for as long as i do if we're closing out, I would like to offer one last piece of advice to any listeners. Listening. Hit it. You know, I'm sure we're full of indie musicians listening to this, <laughs> DIY musicians. <laughs> Guys, when you're using DistroKid, please put something in the label field. Because if you don't, they will put a bunch of numbers and records DK. And I've seen it too many times. It looks like shit. Do better. That's it. <laughs> Just put whatever you want in there. You can make something up. Just it's better than what they give you. Please, please, please. That's Even if it's that's... just your artist name, throw it there. Yeah, because they're not going to do it for you. Just put your artist name in there. Records DK257. No, stop it. Stop it. What are you, an Android? Do better. <laughs> Sorry. That's my last piece of advice. And that one I follow. That one I live yeah. by. Yeah, that one you have to. You just have to. Plus, it's like it. it's it's cool to have your own little like entity, whether that thing actually exists or not, who cares, but it's just your own little creative thing, Mm -hmm. you know? So take the opportunity. It takes two seconds. Think about it, guys. Think about it. That's what. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this episode of the Y music podcast. Check back again next week for another conversation with another independent artist. Thanks for listening.